Support. Support. Support for this podcast is brought to you by the The Kellogg Innovation Entrepreneurship Initiative. Think bravely. Think differently. Think collaboratively. You know, for the first kind of academic or class part of the discussion, it's really walking through a case, but using some of our experiences, as I mentioned before, kind of in our internships, you know, at the moment to really inform that. So it's not this abstract or theoretical discussion, it is a very sort of in real time, what are we thinking about? What are our startups looking at to inform those conversations? Hello, you're listening to My Startup Journey, a show that highlights the business and individual stories of innovators, educators, and Kellogg students. Today, our guests are Jay Parikh and Kathleen McGurk. Two years ago, Kellogg piloted a bold initiative, assemble a cohort of VC-dedicated students for a quarter in San Francisco. Kellogg offered MBA classes in the Bay Area so students could continue their education. However, each student was responsible for finding his or her own housing and startup internship. As I learned more about the program, I realized that each student had their own unique reason for pursuing this program, their own unique San Francisco story. Today we speak with two students, Jay Parikh and Kathleen McGurk, who spent the most recent winter quarter in the Bay Area. To kick it off, we start with Professor Linda Dara, who makes her second appearance on the podcast to explain the details of the program. So I have been looking at our um, alumni and and students who want to get into VC in San Francisco and realizing that if our students were trying to get jobs in VC in the spring in San Francisco, it was too late. Stanford, Berkeley, you know, they were all making relationships way earlier in the year. So it occurred to me if there was any way that we could get our students in San Francisco in the winter quarter and start working with VC firms and into that as well, growth stage firms, high growth firms, portfolio firms of the VC companies, um, we'd have a better chance of placing our students out there in really super jobs. So that was kind of, that had been kind of going in the back of my mind. The other thing that I think had been um, irking me a little bit was I would see these students going off for um, winter quarter abroad and going to wonderful place to travel, but I was really wondering um, what value they were gaining and if they were really advancing their career. Um, during winter quarter abroad. So those two elements were coming together and then I had heard that Northwestern had opened a facility in San Francisco. So it was August two years ago um, and Betsy Ziegler came into my office. We were just chatting and catching up on ideas and I said, Betsy, I have this idea is that we should do winter quarter in San Francisco Uh, where students can do work with growth stage firms and VC firms as well as take courses. And she thought it was a great idea and literally saw the dean, Sally Blount, that weekend and the dean gave it a green light by Monday. Really? And that is why I love Kellogg because this would not happen (laughs) in any other academic institution. So by mid-August we went full tilt to put this program in place and had a pilot of 13 students selected by October um, with internships, faculty, and ready to go that January. Wow. So this was how long? A three-month process to start up? Basically, we had to be ready by the beginning of October, so that was six weeks to announce it to the students and start selection. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wonderful story. So um, it was great, and you know, for the most part, that first year worked out pretty well. It was a small group, so uh, we had a new faculty member. We brought on Mike Zanakis, who um, was had been open table. You know, that's another wonderful story. I mean, um, Kate Smith knew Mike as a classmate and brought him into my office the February previously. We had a nice chat and. 
all of a sudden we were thinking, who's out in the Bay Area who could supervise this program? Mike had basically said that you know he was cutting loose from open table and kind of looking at his next gig. So it was one phone call and like two days later, Mike was on. Yeah. So it's, it's wonderful how um, our administration, our alumni really banded together to make this work. And I think from the success of that first pilot, it has just, um, it's magnified every year. So last year we had 23 students and this year we're looking to 30 students to take out there. You know what's so funny is that this becomes your own little startup then. Oh yeah, <laughs> well we like to think about those things in key, yes exactly. Yeah. Um, can you talk about how you planned for all of this? What, what did you have to consider? I mean, how did you go about solving this problem? Well, we had to talk you know, to the CMC to look at internships. How would that process work? Who did we know of it? And you know, then, then it was also looking at um, working with the advancement group because they had a whole list of alums in the Bay Area and San Francisco who want to be engaged well, this is a perfect opportunity to engage them in hiring students for the internship or being guest lecturers or whatever. And then for the courses, um, we got a, a team of senior faculty to consider what would be most relevant there and who would be available. Um, so, you know, what we always try and do in key is to say, what courses do we need? Where are the holes? And then find the best faculty to do it. So. Uh, in that case, we did the same thing with San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And what were some of the challenges that popped up as you were you know, planning your first quarter? So we were really worried about housing. Um, that was one thing we just thought, because the housing is so yeah. expensive and that students would really be in a bind with that. And when we interviewed people, and even this happened again last year, we would, you know, we'd end the interview and say, you know, what would you do about housing? How do you feel about it? And not one person complained. You know, they all knew someone uh, or could group together to get a, you know, a, you know, VRBO, Airbnb. Um, they all figured it out. And it was true because when students go out there for internships in the summer, they figure it out. We don't help them. Um, so that was one thing. And then there was the second thing that was, um, we didn't realize is that we usually offer internships free. If they get a course credit, then they don't get paid. But the California laws made it very difficult to do it free. They have to fill out all kinds of paperwork. So in many cases, we had to kind of um, break that rule that they could get course credit and get a small stipend. And, and it worked out fine. That's great. That's great. And when you think about strategically, where does this put Kellogg versus other top-tier programs? Um, you know, Kellogg is a Midwestern brand, right? And so um, what were you thinking about strategically as to this will open up doors, you know, for the overall school or maybe for the key program? I mean, what, what was the thought process behind that? Yeah, number one, we keep hearing from our alumni out in the valley, which are in like amazing places. They're VP firms, they're top of Facebook, top of Google. And they go like, we never hear about Kellogg out here. So to me, this was a program that could engage our alumni, uh, spread the word that Kellogg is in the Bay Area and making it, um, a mark on it. And our biggest competition out there in other schools um, from outside of the Bay Area is Wharton. And I've talked to my peer schools a lot. And what's fascinating is that um, unless it's changed, Wharton can't give a course credit for internships. So that was a big plus is that our, all our students could do internships and get course credit. And the other thing, we were very focused on VC and growth stage firms, where Wharton's really, they just have a plethora of courses you can take out in the valley, but it's not focused in a way that could be totally relevant to what's happening out there. You know, I've heard that many of the students come out and still go to consulting, you know, as opposed to taking that path. So 
um, I like to stay very focused on that. And you mentioned that uh, th this program is still considered a, a bit of a pilot. I mean, I think as in all key programs, yeah. we, you know, we're always looking how to perfect and improve them. Mm -hmm. So this coming year, um, we'll have more students. We have more law students um, integrated in the program. Um, we've changed up a couple of the courses. Uh, we're going to try and do some more group activities before people go so that they, these bonds are created in, in a stronger way. Uh, so, you know, every year it's always going to be tweaking. Okay. So the fall rollout agenda, is, it's going to be rapid because of the academic year starts a little bit later. So we will be accepting applications up to, I believe, September 29th. The applications are online on the key websites. Um, and then we'll be doing interviews beginning of October and selecting the class by the middle of October. And people say, you know, you know, how can I get ready? Certainly there are academic uh, thresholds that you have to, we want people with a 3.0 GPA or better, and they've had to take at least ACF or FIN2, that's a must. And we're really encouraging people to, if they have ACF and FIN2, to take um, the entrepreneurship um, venture course, FIN 445 in the fall. Because uh, that will really give them, even if they aren't in a VC firm, they'll know the language, the terminology of the valley. Um, and then we really want people who want to stay in the valley. I mean, if you if you tell us that you want to come back to Chicago or go to New York with BCG or McKinsey, not that I'm <laughs> pushing against them, that's we really aren't interested. We want people who. Um, will stay in the valley and preferably work with VC or growth stage firms. Next, we speak with Jay Parikh, a Triple M student whose professional interests are in energy, transportation, and technology. He interned at GM during the summer and was looking for a more fast-paced, less corporate environment. Here's Jay's San Francisco story. Absolutely. So one professional background. So I graduated in, in 2012 uh, with a major in public policy. So I was really interested in going into the government. And I did. I actually worked in intelligence, uh, both for an internship and a little bit right after college. I worked in sort of weapons intelligence for the government. And that was a really interesting field to be in. But one of the things I realized being there was I also got really interested in how governments use technology to improve their operations. And that kind of led me to IBM, which is where I spent four years prior to coming to Cal. So at IBM, I worked in our Smarter Cities group, which was all around kind of this idea of how do we use the Internet of Things and how do we use connected devices to help cities run their operations better, whether that's transit or energy usage or stoplights, all the things you think about in running kind of the, the intricacies or operations of, a, of an urban area. And what compelled you to pursue more of the startup route? It was really this idea of being able to kind of own this very tangible kind of product or service and then I think it was also, you know, working with a team of people that were incredibly passionate about the same thing I was, that really kind of said, you know, we're going to live and, and breathe and work this every single day. And like, this is what our success means to us is to accomplish this goal. That's great. And how did you hear about the program, uh, the San Francisco program, and what compelled you to, to, to apply in the first place? Yeah, so that's, a, that's actually a really interesting story. So I think I first heard of the program right before I left for my summer internship uh, at the end of my first year. And I was interning at Detroit at General Motors. And so in some ways, I accomplished my objective of working for a smaller company than IBM by going to GM, General Motors, but, but just barely. Um, I think GM still has uh, something like 160,000 employees. Mm -hmm. And so throughout that summer, as I was working at GM, I knew I wanted to work in the automotive space, and I knew I wanted to kind of work in these new forms of mobility, connected cars, self-driving, electrification, I think over that summer, you know, I wasn't, I, when I first heard about the program, I was like, this, this sounds interesting. I'm not sure if it's really right for me. And I think throughout that summer, more and more of my experiences led me to say, you know what, I want to take this dive. I want to jump right into it. And I think probably by August when I came back to Kellogg or early September, I was like, yep, I'm ready. This is what I want to do. Yeah, I think it really was in terms of challenges. I think there was, there was several kind of going into the program and several at the program, which we could definitely talk about. I think... 
going into the program, the biggest challenge was finding the right internship. Um, this, is, this is a part-time program. So a part-time internship, you're there three days a week for 10 weeks. And that's incredibly difficult, I think, for any company to, to effectively structure a good internship to really give you a sense of not just do good work and, and work on an interesting project, but also give you a sense of, of the startup culture and, and what it's like to be out in the Bay Area, what it's like to work in a startup. That's a huge part of this program, or at least a huge part of my interest in this program. It wasn't just, you know, let me do another internship. It was let me really kind of immerse myself in, in sort of startup life, so to speak, for lack of a, kind of a better cliche there. Uh, and so for me, I think the big thing was finding the right internship and, and navigating that process of sort of cold reaching out to people and saying, we have this really interesting, unique program that Kellogg offers. So it really was a lot of selling yourself and the program. And a lot of that was easy because it is an internship uh, or a course credit internship. So they don't really have to pay you a lot of money. I think all of my LinkedIn messages started with free MBA intern. Um, <laughs> kind of hire me, please. And did you find your internship opportunity before you boarded the plane to San Francisco, or were you still <laughs> still figuring that out? Just, so just barely. I, I sort of joked. I, I think I finalized my internship opportunity when I was on ski trip uh, at Kellogg. I think I was sitting on the outdoor patio of the, the Garano Ranch um, and, and having a call and telling friends to stay away from me. Uh, so they wouldn't disturb me while I was having this call. And I think that's when I finalized this internship. So it was probably mid-December. Um, so it was only about a week or two before I got on the plane. The startup I worked with is called Brightcell. Um, they are essentially developing a software platform to help other enterprise companies launch mobility services. Um, that sounds really buzzwordy, so I can kind of explain that in a little more detail. What they're really trying to do is build a, this kind of software that essentially helps uh, new other companies, generally automotive companies or companies in this space looking to launch a ride-sharing or car-sharing service, um, they help them manage their operations. So they build kind of the consumer-facing app, they build the back-end, the kind of fleet management, they build all the operations, all the infrastructure for this company to really scale quickly. And when you arrive to San Francisco, um, yeah, how do you how do you find the little things like housing, getting you know around town, and I mean I'm sure you use Uber a lot, but, <laughs> but uh, you know I mean, there's there's the you know, there's the aspect of living in San Francisco, and there's the aspect of actually living in San Francisco. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a that is a great question. So I mainly use Lyft. Uh, I still have that one of the, the GM, but uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Given their investment, but no. Um, so housing is a really funny story. I, I did not have housing when I landed in San Francisco. Um, you know, I, I went at the airport at you know, something like 9 p.m. And, and took a look to my friend's house. Uh, one of my good buddies from, from you know, my previous life in D.C. was living out there working at, at a startup. And so I stayed with him for the first couple of nights while I figured out housing. And I mainly just used kind of Craigslist. I used Craigslist. I used my network, uh, people from Kellogg, people from undergrad. Um, and, and that was one of those things where I knew, you know, for lack of a better kind of excuse, you can sort of buy your way out of it. Um, you know, if it didn't work out, you can always sort of pay for Airbnb or pay for something else. Um, in terms of kind of getting to know San Francisco, I think one of the really valuable things about the program was there were a few people who had been and lived in, in San Francisco before. And so they, I think, really helped in those first couple of weeks. I never spent more than probably a weekend, 48 hours in the Bay Area. I think they were really helpful in, in sort of grounding us and saying, you know, let's do happy hours every Friday. We recreated, we called it TGSF, uh, to recreate Kellogg's TG, and really helped kind of ground us in, you know, here's fun things to do, here's interesting places, you know, here's a new city. The people there, and I think it's a common sort of aphorism at Kellogg, is it's really about the people, and, and that, was, that was definitely true about SF, the program. I think that was one of the most unexpected but biggest benefits. Um, I actually didn't know most of the people coming into the program. I knew of maybe a handful of them. You know, I'd seen them in the halls, we'd maybe chatted or, or had you know a brief conversation, but didn't feel like I knew anyone super well. There were a couple of triple ones who I knew well. Um, but the majority of the program I did it. And so I think for us, we we bonded really well as a group pretty early on. And I think that was, you know, kind of circumstance or luck or just good fortune that we all were were kind of a really a set of really interesting people that kind of were were very diverse in, in both our backgrounds but also our interests coming into the, the program. 
And so for the classes, what was nice was the internships were Monday through Wednesday, but then we both took, um, we all took maybe six hours of class on Thursday, Friday, usually together. There were a couple different options, but the majority of the group was together. And so I think that really helped us in those initial weeks bond together as a group and really feel like this, this actual cohort uh, of people. I sort of described it as, as Quest because it was about 20 people, but rather than a week, it was 10 weeks. Um, and, we, and we just got to know each other incredibly well, and it turned out to be this really inspiring group of people that I think you know, we're all still really good friends. That's great to hear. It's yeah. really great to hear. And um, did you take a lot of your, your, your lessons in the, in the startup to the classroom on Thursdays and Fridays? We did. I think that was one of the, the biggest, you know, the other kind of huge benefit of the program academically was this ability to sort of talk about what we were doing in, like, literally in real time. To say, oh, like, you're talking, you know, there's a class on, on venture capital, a class on launching and leading startups. And it's like, here's this lesson on, on sort of growth. And it's like, yeah, well, on Tuesday, you know, I was, I was working with our growth hacking team and figuring out new, new strategies for, for increasing. Because almost all these companies were right at that sort of pre-revenue or, or just started generating revenue within the last year. And so I think that was a, a really cool thing. Um, the other interesting thing about academics kind of related to that question is almost all of our, our classes had guest speakers kind of week in and week out. And it was people working in the startup scene or working in entrepreneurship, being able to say, you know, you learned this from an academic context for the first hour. Now let me tell you how I'm applying that for the next hour. And that was really interesting. I, I want to ask you a, a question about a day in the life. Because I, yeah, I know yeah, that, yeah. yeah. What, what was a, a day in the life of, of Jay? <laughs> so, so I'll maybe give you two. Uh, so one was the internship day in the life. I, I love my startup. It was, it was very, it kind of embodies all the, the elements of startup you think. Just a really casual, laid-back atmosphere. We were out in Selma, um, which was maybe a 10-minute walk. So I, I probably got to work around 9, 9.30. Uh, I was working on a pricing strategy. So what was really, what I loved about my project was I got to work with a lot of different teams. And so on any given day, kind of Monday through Wednesday, most of my morning and, and early afternoon were just meeting and, and getting to know the business um, and getting to specifically kind of know how we thought about pricing, um, you know, prior to coming there and, and, you know, what those kind of, what that meant. And so I met with, you know, the strategic account management team with customer success, with, with design, and, and I was sort of formally housed within product. And so that was, that was really cool as I got to sort of spend that time meeting with people, getting to know different sides of the business and really kind of just growing both from my actual work standpoint, but just from a personal kind of interest standpoint uh, to learn about the company. And I think, you know, near the end of that day, it was really being able to say, here's, here's kind of the outlines of the strategy. I think we are, you know, working with, with my direct manager and saying, here's where I'm thinking about going. Who do you recommend? I sort of talked to a run this by. Um, you know, and, and kind of working to develop that strategy, working together data and analysis, you know. And so a lot of my day, I really think, was, was meetings. But meetings in, like, or I, I thought, and hopefully they would think, too, a really effective way um, of being able to sort of gather data, like, apply those insights, and then sort of make strategic recommendations and then brief those out to the, the stakeholders they were affecting. And can you go through the day, of, day in the life of Jay at school? Yeah, so, so day in the life of, of me at school, what... I think the interesting thing about the program is, is I don't want to say academics or de-emphasize, I don't want to give that maybe reputation to the program, but it very much existed in, I think, equal um, importance with our internship and with kind of the, the networking aspect. And so, you know, there were a lot of cases, most of the classes were over case-driven, but, you know, we probably had nine classes from 9 to 12 a.m. or 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., three hours, and then a 2 to 5 and so we would, you know, usually meet up, occasionally meet up in the morning to sort of finalize a case, a group case, um, go to class. I think we would, we would, you know, all try to get lunch together or a group of us would try to get lunch together from, you know, 12 to 2. We'd go to class from 2 to 5 and depending on if it was Thursday or Friday, but mostly both days, we would try to go out to drinks afterward. Um, and, and, you know, whether that was drinks or whether that was just, you know, like, let's grab a quick meal um, to really kind of bond and, and spend time together. The nice thing about our internships is they were really limited to the Monday through Wednesday, so it didn't feel like you were always on in terms of working. So you really did get some time to to spend exploring SF or, or you know, planning these activities. You know, the emergent quarter as well was kind of the students themselves planned a number of activities. It was like a Napa Valley wine tasting or going out to Alcatraz, kind of the, 
the typical touristy stuff when you, when you first get to the Bay Area. And what are the class options like in San Francisco? I'm assuming that most of them are derivatives of the classes that are taught at Kellogg, but I feel like there's a different spin to it because um, you all are immersed in an internship. <laughs> that's probably, you know, that's, that's pretty demanding, I would say. Um, so can you, yeah, can you talk at all about the course offerings and kind of how different the classroom experience is? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think it, it really is kind of a, a version of a Kellogg course. So I think I took launching leading startups, um, entrepreneurial finance and venture capital, and building innovative teams and culture, which is taught by a visiting or a clinical faculty member here, uh, Mark Hatchler, um, who, who is a partner at, at Math Venture Partners. And, and so those are all classes that are actually offered on Kellogg's campus or on the Evanston campus um, throughout various points in the year. I think what the unique spin was is the ability to, to bring in actual practitioners. Um, so I think part of it, it's, it's really two things to back up there. Second, I think, you know, for the first kind of academic or class part of the discussion, it's really walking through a case, but using some of our experiences, as I mentioned before, kind of in our internships, you know, at the moment to really inform that. So it's not this abstract or theoretical discussion is a very sort of in real time, what are we thinking about? What are our startups looking at to inform those conversations? I think the second part of that that was different and really interesting was this, this bringing in a guest speaker. I think in launching Wing Startups, eight out of the 10 sessions um, had, you know, whether it was a Kellogg alum or, or sort of a, a CEO or, or some type of general manager from a startup come in, or even a large company. I think we had, you know, Nick Severino, the CFO of Apple Retail, come in and just talk about what they were doing and what they were seeing and what they thought this landscape was and how they had sort of applied those class lessons throughout their career. And I think that really was this incredibly valuable like, complement to, to what we were learning and something I think was unique to the SF program that's much more difficult to get when you're kind of in the Kellogg environment. Can you talk about a challenge that you faced when you were in San Francisco and how did you go about uh, to resolve that, that challenge? Yeah, I think, I think one of the, the bigger challenges I faced was, was kind of really navigating the, the startup landscape outside of my specific company. I think one of, the, one of the bigger parts of this program is obviously the opportunity to not only work in your own startup, but kind of experience other ones as well. And I think the pace of life, as it often is at Kellogg, is just so fast, right? You, I think I landed and, and you know, got time to breathe and really settle in, and we were in week four. And I was like, how did that, just like, how are we already in mid-February? Um, and so for me, I think it was really kind of outlining this, this list of, of sort of, you know, not just objectives, but really sort of companies that I wanted to meet, um, people and industries I wanted to learn more about. Generally, again, within sort of the automotive mobility space and kind of transportation, clean energy space. And then making a really concerted effort to reach out to those people. I would say one of the biggest benefits of being a student, especially in a program like this, is you are very non-threatening. You are incredibly harmless. And what I really mean by that is everyone's willing to take your call. Like, people love helping students, right? They love being like, yeah, of course I want to teach you about this industry, or of course I want to help you learn more. You know, they're like, you're a student, like, this is great. Like, you know, I learned a lot about this industry and I want to teach it to you. And I think being able to sort of use that in a really authentic way to say like, I, you've been in this industry 20 years, you know, help me learn more about it. Like, I'm really passionate, I'm really interested, and I'm just starting out my career. I think that was sort of the challenge was being able to sort of source and find those opportunities. But then once I did, I think it was, it was incredibly helpful for me in terms of knowing more about what I'm interested in, you know, the, the phase of the company I want to work in, the specific kind of functional areas I want to work in. Great. If you were to give a tip to, to a Kellogg student or any, anybody who wanted to make the jump into the San Francisco startup area, what is one piece of information that you would have, uh, you know, if someone told you before the trip that you would have found really insightful or really valuable? So I think it would be, think about the, think really sort of about the internship, not just company you want to work for, but the actual experience you want. I think I was very fortunate. I didn't do this and got very lucky in terms of I sort of over-indexed on, I want to work with this company in this industry um, because I think their business model is cool. 
But, but there's a very real chance that, you know, and I know some of my colleagues ended up working on actual projects that weren't really related to that, right? Or they were, they were projects that could really, you can replace any company in any normal startup with those same challenges. So they didn't feel like they got as much experience in that sort of specific, you know, company they were interested in or specific kind of industry area they wanted. I got very fortunate in sort of my manager being up to scope out this really interesting project that that got me a lot of experience with different teams, but that was sort of no credit of my own. I kind of leaped into it and, and came out very, with kind of this great internship. But I think that's the biggest piece of advice is, is think about you know where you want to be within that company. And then also think if you know you want to do something specific, maybe you want to expand your kind of company search or industry search because this is something that's very tailored around what you're focused on rather than just kind of this high level, oh, I want to be in automotive or I want to be in fintech. Finally, we speak with Kathleen McGurk, a 2Y student. She's from San Francisco and is committed to working at a fintech startup. During her summer internship, she worked in New York City, but she wanted the experience of interning in the Bay Area before graduating at Kellogg. Here's Kathleen's San Francisco story. I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, and so prior to Kellogg, um, I worked at two different firms. So right out of undergrad, I worked at a private wealth management firm, and I basically did operations, um, kind of client service, um, working with high net worth individuals. And then after a couple of years there, um, I started to see different fintech companies pop up, um, including like the robo-advisor movement. And so I was really interested in that because um, kind of instead of working with traditional high net worth clients, I could be working with people like myself, like peers who are just starting to save and just starting to put money into their IRAs. And so I thought this was basically, I was hoping and thinking that this would be a huge market. So I um, joined Future Advisor, which was a robo-advisor in San Francisco. And um, it was like a great decision for me personally and professionally. Um, I basically like started as employee number 18, so pretty early on. It was my first kind of jump into startups, which I loved, and now I'm taking that with me. Um, and what is RoboAdvisor? Oh yeah, sure. So um, RoboAdvisor basically takes traditional investment management and automates all of it. So it's generally like a pretty passive strategy, all ETFs, all low cost, and it says, you know, a typical 30-year-old um, investing for 30 years uh, can have a pretty automated portfolio that doesn't have to be actively managed by people, um, and it can basically be done via algorithms um, and a little bit of client service on the side, uh, and that should suffice for most um, most like average investors or people who haven't, uh, haven't invested before. Um, so basically, like it's an investment. Uh, solution for many people who never had investment advice before. So you had the entrepreneurial sort of tech bug yeah. or fintech bug before you came to Kellogg. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I was, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, but I was working in Menlo Park and I was, you know, I see the VCs around me. I see these startups yeah. popping up around me. Um, and even at one point, uh, my dad was just like, I wish I was your age right now because it's literally the perfect time to work in startups. And so... I kind of thought to myself, should I stay in private wealth management or should I go to a startup? And it was like a risk for me at the time, but I took that risk and I'm so glad I did. And uh, what gravitated you towards that entrepreneurial um, pathway? Because there's some, you know, some people like the corporate mm -hmm. world, right? And, and, and they're comfortable with that and sort of the, the risk taking in a, in a corporate environment. What made you go kind of jump into the deep end of the pool? Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so I've been working at traditional wealth management, and I had a, um, a friend from undergrad at Berkeley who was two years older than me, and in many ways we had like pretty similar paths. We graduated, we went into private wealth management, and she left her like very, very stable job of five years, kind of moving up the ladder, and joined this particular robo-advisor, future advisor. And so I basically, you know, chatted with her, had coffee, and to kind of see her make that move, and she was someone who was kind of a mentor and who I really admired, I thought, okay, well, um, if one person's done a lot of the, like, kind of due diligence and, like, seen if this can work, and she'd been there a couple of months by the time I had chatted with her, I thought it made me much more likely to take this risk because I really trusted her opinion and I really admired her. So that was, like, one person 
who really helped make that jump a lot easier. How did you hear about the Kellogg San Francisco Quarter? Yeah, I kind of had it on my radar uh, throughout my whole first year. And then interestingly, I interned in New York and not San Francisco, which I, I thought I would intern in San Francisco over the summer, but I went to New York, which made, I think, the San Francisco program for me all the more compelling because I was like, okay, well now I can go back to San Francisco and it's not like I've spent six, um, six months out of the last year there. Uh, so yeah, I kind of went to all the info sessions. We had um, kind of different talks from Linda um, and from like Zanakis and from some of the students that had done the program the year before. And the more I thought about it and the more I thought like, hey, I can do another internship. Hey, I can take like classes on the ground in San Francisco from people who are living and working out there. Um, it just made so much sense for my future career progression. You are giving up one out of your six quarters to be in San Francisco. Yeah. And can <laughs> you talk about the pros and cons of that you kind of went through during the application process? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I think one of the one of the things here that I think a lot of students ask when they want to go either abroad for the winter quarter or now to San Francisco is um, that's a large chunk of time that you're leaving Kellogg and you know you're paying a lot of tuition. Is it really worth it to like leave this um, this building and these friends here and all of that and just go to San Francisco? And so definitely that was like one of the big questions for me. Will I miss like? events? Will I miss the good winter classes that are here? Um, and will I miss kind of like forming relationships that I've now developed over four quarters just to go do something rogue for the fifth quarter? Uh, so I thought a lot about that. On the other hand though, um, I so I'm in a long distance relationship. I'm engaged and my fiance is in San Francisco. So that was like a huge plus because um, you know, it's, it's difficult being in a long-distance relationship, so I kind of get to go um, have that personal reason for being out there, which was lovely. Um, and additionally, I think the classes that are offered out there, and specifically the professors and the people teaching them, are not exactly the same that are here in Evanston. So I thought of that as kind of like a whole new aspect of it, that if I stayed here, I wouldn't get. Um, the other thing is that there's different like labs and uh, classes that you can take here where you intern in Chicago. But for me, since my ultimate goal is not to stay in Chicago, I don't think interning here in Chicago is as valuable for me as interning in San Francisco was. So I'd say, yeah, lots of trade-offs there. Um, I think one of the most cool side effects that I learned of this, uh, I think I was considering kind of the social trade-off a lot and that social aspect of the San Francisco program was remarkable and way, um, I'd say, more robust than I thought it would be. Uh, basically, there was 23 of us out there, and we were all kind of taking the same classes, seeing each other like multiple days a week, and we were kind of like a small little Kellogg section out there. And I think we all came away from it like really happy with the new kind of friendships we made. Um, and all the different experiences we had out there. So that was one thing I didn't expect going in and like came out with as one of my most positive experiences. That's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. So you ended up having a different experience, but it was just as rewarding as being here in Evanston. Yeah, definitely. That's and I so think, cool. um, yeah, I was, yeah, I was like assuming we'd all be thinking about what are we missing in Evanston and we weren't at all. We were like, well, what's going on this week in San Francisco and we're all getting together and going and doing things. And so that was kind of fun. And I think, uh, one thing I enjoyed was um, a few people there had lived in SF before, but I think I was one of the only folks who was kind of from there. So I really enjoyed kind of like taking people around and um, kind of helping them find neighborhoods to live in and stuff. So, I mean, that's enjoyable for me. Yeah, so I was at Lenda, uh, not to be confused with Linda, the LinkedIn company. So Lenda basically takes the home mortgage process, which is slow, um, pretty broken, and like difficult for a customer. And it puts it uh, almost 100% online. So it, they basically help you fill out all of the paperwork, they do all of the underwriting behind the scenes, and even to the point of you can like notarize all of your mortgage docs um, from your computer. Belinda is about 22 people. Um, they're a Series A startup, so definitely on the small side. Uh, and they were located in the Galvanize building, which is a co-working space with like tons of different other startups. So 
definitely a really neat environment, like lots of, um, lots of things going on, lots of cool companies around us. Uh, and yeah, I think my role there was pretty mixed. I think I did um, different things from like operations and helping like improve different processes that, I don't know, different members of different teams went through. So um, helping the sales team be more efficient, um, kind of looking a little bit also on the product side of things and, and the flow there. Uh, kind of helping the CEO with one-off tasks because all the CEOs are very busy. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a lot of different uh, tasks and jobs, and I think I got a taste of yeah different things. So one thing that this quarter like requires of everyone in it is like extreme flexibility. So you are doing three days of work a week, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then you're transitioning into two days of schoolwork. And the school the classes are like most of the day on Thursday and then part of Friday. So it kind of requires you to like drop everything on Wednesday night, do your homework, and then show up to school on Thursday. Uh, and I felt that it was tough like switching gears uh, to go from yeah, working and doing all things Lendo related and then going to, you know venture capital finance the next day and talking about a case that maybe I like had to really spend a few hours the night before doing. Um, so that was kind of tough. And then the same thing goes on, you know, Monday morning transitioning back into Lenda and kind of being like, okay, like where was I on my project? Like this was last Wednesday. Um, and then kind of picking things up. So I think unlike a normal work week where you come in on Monday and it was only three days ago, it was it was tough for me to like finish out projects and catch up where I left off. Um, and not to mention for the two days that you're gone from work, Thursday and Friday, like a lot happens. So you can come in on Monday and like, it's a moving startup. Like people are in different places. Like maybe someone's left. Like there's just a lot that, that goes on. And that was real life. Like every Monday figuring out, okay, what am I doing this week? Um, and how can I hit those goals in three days? So. And 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 you mentioned earlier too about sort of the lifestyle of San Francisco, and so you're from there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so you're able to be a guide or a, a leader mm -hmm. towards um, people who weren't from San Francisco. Um, for anyone who's listening, who's considering either moving to San Francisco or doing this program, what are some really important things to know about San Francisco coming from a native? I heard it's really expensive to live there. <laughs> yeah, that's a given, I guess. Uh, so. I always like, you know, here at Kellogg, a lot of people will say, I really want to go to San Francisco, but it's so expensive. Um, ultimately, like now that I've spent time in San Francisco and New York, I don't think there's any difference in price and people don't really complain about New York that much. So I'm not sure why they're complaining about San Francisco that much. But more than that, I think the reality is like, yes, it is. But wages in general are going to be higher, I believe. So um I think I, I haven't really talked to any recent Kellogg grads who, you know, aren't making it work. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, you're, you're not going to be able to buy that house like you might be able to if you move to Atlanta, or at least not in like the first year or two. But I think that San Francisco has a lot more to it than just like owning a house. I think the, for me, it's kind of proximity to the outdoors. Um, I think it's kind of the quality of people and being surrounded by like such a buzz that you feel when you're kind of like walking in Soma and like seeing so many people so excited about startups and changing the world that I think um, I really notice that every time I come back that there's it just feels like there's more of a buzz so um, yeah and let's talk about the the, the classroom experience then um, when we talked to Jay he mentioned that one of the the cool things about this curriculum is that you have people from the Bay Area who can come in and speak. Mm -hmm. um, what was your classroom experience like in San Francisco? Yeah, that was definitely one of the most positive aspects of the program. And coming in, I didn't really think about the classes all that much, to be honest. So I took three classes. I took uh, Launching and Leading Startups, Venture Capital Finance, and like a business law class focused on venture capital, like term sheets. 
And so each of those were, or a couple of those were taught by people in San Francisco who had either been like longtime um, startup and growth stage employees or were on um, the like law side of VCs and law firms that work for VCs in Silicon Valley. So I think that I at least haven't had professors in Evanston that have those like specific backgrounds. Uh, so it was just really awesome to hear them kind of like speak from the heart and speak from their experiences and even like speak to what's happening like every day in their in their jobs at their VC or at the law firms that represent these VCs. So it was both like interesting and relevant and I think pretty different from what I've had here in Evanston. So I loved that. And then probably what um, Jay spoke to a little was we would have guest speakers come in and talk. And so these are people like whether they're Kellogg alums or Northwestern alums or just general um, public that had some um, connection to our professor, they were so good. They were, you know, talking about how did they co-found, like who were their co-founders, what were issues in the first, you know, year. Uh, they talked like super honestly about all of the challenges and how they've made it to where they are. And I think I, I really appreciated that seeing, you know, Bay Area based startup founders coming in and talking to us. So that was that was awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and you're more of a, a, I feel like a seasoned you know, startup employee, <laughs> right? Coming into the program. Reflecting back on your 10 weeks, what was the number one lesson that you learned? So I think I have two answers. Um, one is just like in the classroom. I had like, I'd say two main takeaways that I did not learn in any classes here, which was we would basically qualitatively analyze startups and discuss like which ones we would invest in kind of from a VC perspective. And then we would also basically look at term sheets, like VC term sheets that they would hand to a startup and go over all of the terms of the term sheet. And I don't think I've ever read one in full before this quarter, and I probably read 10 or 15 of them, which like really helped me analyze what's a standard or standard-ish term sheet and what should you look for and what should you be worried about and what should you ask questions and negotiate about. So that was, I think, really helpful for anyone who's gonna go into this as an entrepreneur. What advice would you have for um, a Kellogg student who wants to apply for this program? Yeah, I think one of the main kind of tenets of the program is that they would like students who have a deep interest in going to San Francisco and making an impact in either the startup or the VC community. So I think that can be shown in a lot of ways, but basically I think they want someone who's ready to go to San Francisco and kind of stay there for the long haul and make an impact in that community. So, um, you know, you've gotta be, you know, a, a good steward of Kellogg. You've gotta be a hard worker who's not afraid to do um, like grunt work that's often required in startups. Um, definitely gotta be open-minded. Um, but I think mainly kind of showing that you are uh, hardworking and really interested in startups or VCs. And then, yeah, what are your postgraduate plans? Yeah, um, I'm joining Plaid, which is a fintech company in San Francisco. It's in Soma. And they basically are the um, kind of backbone or the connection between different financial apps and bank accounts. And so I'll be on their growth team. So kind of working with both our team and the other different applications teams to um, integrate their apps with all the banks. For some closing thoughts, here's Linda Dara. I would love to see this happen in Hong Kong. That would be exciting. <laughs> New York. I mean, is this a format, a structure that you could use in different locations around the world? To me, that would be really exciting to give students the opportunity, instead of going to Spain or Australia, 
let's go to Hong Kong and do entrepreneurship or uh, whatever. And going back to the student's perspective, what do you like to hear in the feedback room that really excites you about, hey, this program is working? So some of the feedback has been interesting. Some of the students have said, oh my gosh, this was the most amazing experience. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm heading down this path, this is great. By the same token, there are students who have said, this is not for me. You know, this is chaos on steroids. Management doesn't know what they're doing. You know, it's like, whatever. Um, I think I'm gonna go to big tech. Fine. You know, they've been given the opportunity to look at a variety of career paths and entrepreneurship and choose what's best for them. So to me, that is the, the best thing that can happen. Yeah, and I feel like with this, there is no bad learning experience, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's something that you'll take with you throughout your career, and that's one one item that I think both Jay and, and Kathleen hit you know, very well, is that even though it, sometimes it was challenging, um, this is something that I'm gonna carry with, you know, when hopefully 10, 20, 30 years from now, I'm making decisions um, that, that matter. And I think, you know, what I like about working with growth stage firms, that they're still in this high growth, stage and management is trying to figure it out. So for our students to have a, a close look and hands-on experience with a management team to see how they lead, what they do well and what they don't do well are really key learning experiences for them to take when they become managers in the future. Once again, a special thanks to Linda Dara, Jay Parikh, and Kathleen McGurk. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And until next time, this is Nariki Harai from My Startup Journey. And how would you describe living in San Francisco and the culture there? Because that's a big part of the program too, right? <laughs> it is. So I, I, I like to joke, I, I love the program. I, I had a phenomenal time. And I'm not sure if that's because of or despite the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what I really mean is I think it was... You know, again, I had, I had sort of no experience with the Bay coming in. You kind of hear the stereotypes you hear about the culture. And, and I think part of that is, is a little bit true. I mean, I think it, it is very much focused around sort of tech and entrepreneurship. It feels sometimes like a one-industry town. Having come from a one-industry town like D.C. where everything revolves around the government, the, the upside to that is if you're in that industry, it can be really valuable, right? Because again, as I was just saying, you have all these really interesting connections. You have all these really interesting people uh, and opportunities to talk to. But I think the downside to that is sometimes it can, be, it can be really difficult to find things outside of that. One of my sort of favorite stories was we, me and a, a friend or a couple of friends from the program wanted to go watch the State of the Union. And, and we probably went to like three or four different bars. And in D.C., like it was just... I mean, it was a rite of passage, right? Like, you could not go to a bar and see it. And I remember going to three or four different bars around our, our area, and they're like, I'm sorry, what, what channel? Like, what is this? What channel is that on? Like, where? And we're like, oh, man. I, we ended, ended up watching it in a bar on our laptop where we, like, streamed, I think, CNN on YouTube uh, to watch this. So I think it, it, that's, like, a really small example. But it's things like that about the culture, which is very different and, and sometimes very narrowly focused. But the bar had Wi-Fi. The bar did have Wi-Fi, and it was really fast, uh, and and great, great. It was like a microbrewery, so it was gastropub microbrewery, so great food and drink. <laughs>